And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, it is 2020. Hello? Is this thing on? I forgot how to do this thing. How do I? Am I supposed to? Uh, DC? Where am I? Uh, I feel from lost the looks, alone. From the looks of it, Doc Manson at Doc Manson, you are in Manson Manor in the same office where GQ, yourself, and myself spend almost four hours. I'm over here. Doc, Doc, uh, this way. Uh, I see the screen and you're on the screen, DC. Yeah, I know. We need we need to have some fun. It's been so we, long. It has. It's been a couple weeks since we've recorded. We took a little bit of a holiday break. Hopefully people enjoyed their, like I said, almost four-hour end-of-the-year spectacular. spectacular. Um, what's been going on in the world of Doc Manson? Uh, not much. <laughs> Uh, at this point, you now have to just talk like that for the entirety of the episode. Sure, you don't feel you don't feel uh, refreshed now that it's a new year. You have to let me know if there are any words in, in what you're saying. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, but yes, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everyone. <clears throat> what's new? What's what's going on? What's what's happening? It's a new year. Yep. Yep. Do you do you care? I got to sign the date a little differently. Are you writing 2020 so people don't steal your identity and information? I mean, I can't think of anything that I write the date on that requires that level of sophistication. That was going to be my question. How how often are you dating things? Um, frequently, but at the same time, like anything that matters, it's not like I'm signing loans or I, frankly, I don't even write checks. I don't think I've written a check in years. So I write I think I write a check once a year for um, taxes, because in my town there is a fee if you pay your taxes via credit card or online somehow. So I write one check a year, which is great, because sometime in July I'm like, damn it, where are my checkbooks? And I have to like wander around trying to find them. My secret is I make Mrs. Manson do that one. Fair enough. So she writes more checks than you. Oh, for sure. She pays your car tax? Yeah. I suppose that that's fair. <clears throat> I enjoyed seeing the Manson family. We we had some of that delicious pho. Although, actually, I had my rice noodle bowl with the best barbecue pork ever. It's good. It's very tasty. Yes. Uh, I would eat that, except for the fact that there's pho that I could be eating. I think you should – next time we go, I think you should ask for the pho and a side of just the pork. I mean, that would be tasty, but I get enough food from the pho, especially when I buy the large like I did this last time. Yeah, except you've still finished your wife's noodles. I know. I know. 
and you know, I was even saying like right up until the end, like I'm still hungry. I could go for a Big Mac right now. Um, yeah. But by the time I hit the car, oh, I was slowing um, down. That's true. That is true. I forget that. Yeah, you were in, you were in a little bit of pain as we were leaving. Oh yeah, it definitely caught up with me. My uh, it took a little bit for my stomach to catch that's up with a lot my of brain. Liquid. But that's a lot of liquid. Yeah, it was good though. It was good. And then a lot of noodles that'll probably expand in said liquid. But I had a great time. A good time was had by all. Always a pleasure to see the doctor and the missus. Um, holidays good. I know we chatted about it off the air, but holidays good. New year good. Yeah, usual. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing spectacular, but nothing out of the yep. ordinary. It was fine. You were traveling after I the did. holidays. I traveled left. Uh, Between. Actually, left, no, left Christmas Day. Traveled down. Left, you know, Christmas Day. Did some traveling. Uh, got back New Year's Eve. It was a good trip. But, you know, when you have that little bit of vacation, you're like, okay, now I need a vacation from the fact that I had to drive. 26 hours in a car so going back to work this week after two weeks off it's the hardest thing i've ever had to do in my life uh, okay <laughs> I'll, I'll take you i'll take that at face value you you got a phd you had to write a thesis um you're married you've had to deal with a, a pet with medical issues you're a homeowner um You've dealt with, you know, failed romances, but this, this was the hardest thing, getting up and going to work after two weeks off. I would have thought yep. that going to work after however many months off in that time in between getting your degree, oh, no. getting your PhD. That was entirely too much time off. And by the time I was ready to, by the time I had work to go to, I was thrilled to go to work. Well, and that's it. You had all that time where you were like, I have a PhD and now no what? job. <laughs> yeah. So. Now what? Now, explain this to me like I'm dumb. You got your PhD, but did you leave the university? Did you, you – know, some people get a PhD and have to spend the next 10, 20 years paying it off. Do you, do you have a multitude of student loans to deal with or were you able to oh. – because you were – because you were like doing the TA thing and the lab thing, were you able to take care of that? Uh, yeah, yeah. For the most part, I was able to take care of that. So no, ex no, uh, outstanding student debts for me. Very, very lucky to have been able to do so, but definitely that's was able to very, work it off throughout grad school. Yeah. Well, that's impressive. And maybe that's why it took you a little longer to get your PhD because you were working it off. But still, you know, we have family. We just saw them that she has her PhD and she now is working in a job she's not wild about because she has so much like her 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 student loan check every month is more than her mortgage. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. 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 So luckily myself <clears throat> and Mrs. Manson both have advanced degrees. You know, I have the terminal degree. Um, and we were both very smart about it and neither of us have student loan debt. We are very lucky that yeah, it worked out that way. We have four degrees between the two of us, and we I finished my debts – it's been a couple of years now, and uh, my wife is a machine, and she paid off a ridiculous amount of money. Like, she was a rock star about it. Yeah, so. yeah. <clears throat> Well, I'm glad I'm glad everyone knows that now. We had great holidays, and none of us have debts, and we're just – Oh, I have debt. <laughs> that's true. You do own a house. 
well, you know, I owe somebody money for a house. <laughs> That's true. I'll say I own it, but um, I can't believe yeah. that you uh, decided to draft the entire Steiner clan. That was crazy. I, so, for those who don't know, and I think probably most of the people who are listening to this are besties and in that bestie chat. Um, but we have a bestie chat, and we were just spitballing about, hey. You know, yes, the DDT draft usually happens in the summertime, but we're all here. We all like drafting. Why not do a winter version? All right, let's um, let's clear something up here. We don't all like drafting. <laughs> I gave you every option to say no. Like at no point was there pressure for me to do it. The thing and that then there you go, I taking love, the fiend in the first round. The thing that I love is, you know, with I don't know what you call it whether it's round robin style or snaking or snake draft, snake draft, the snake draft with me appearing on the end. I've got two picks in a row and you better believe at some point I, I, you need to tell me what the maximum amount of acceptable time is before you move on to the next person, because I get two draft periods back to back. You guys are going to be waiting. <laughs> See, and here I thought, all right, look, I'm going to make it easy for him. I'm going to put him on one end. In what is called the hot corner, because then that way <clears throat> you only have to worry about it once. Like you can be like, I'll take as you did. I'll take the fiend and then I'll take the team of Alistair Black and Ricochet and I'm done. I don't have to worry about it for a couple of days until the draft gets back around to me. Now, now had I been thinking, had I put on my Doc Manson cap, I would have been what is the best way he can obstruct from this position? And that is to go, I will take my however many. <laughs> I thought oh, about doing however that many, for my first and second round picks. I was yeah, like, I'm just going to stall them hours. out here for the next three days. <laughs> however many hours I get for one pick, and then I'll take that exact same amount of time uh -huh. for the second pick. But I decided against it because... Well, now we know it's coming. Oh, yeah, it's coming. You guys can quiver. You can quake. But it's coming. Um, but yeah. So yeah, so we're, we're doing a little draft. It's, you know, just in the, in the group DM, which... Is enjoyable. Do a little draft. Make a little love. Get so. down tonight. Get and down of course, tonight. <coughs> the, the quite nerdy ones draft. are. Make a little love. Get down tonight. Get down tonight. Now we I'm like just the moon. <laughs> because it is close to us. We like the moon. Do you remember that? That was it. I was, yes. I sang that the other day, coming out of, I think I, we were coming out of Star Wars, and I think I sang that, and my wife looked at me and was like, what are you doing? I'm like, how do you not know that song? I agree, because <laughs> that was so popular online that, if you remember, they made a Quiznos version of it, and it was a commercial that played on television for a while. Yes. Quiznos subs. But still a thing. Can you still go to a Quiznos? I'm going to say yes, but I really have no idea. I can go for a good sub. Well, you're not going to go to Quiznos then. I think we need to go back for pho and get a small pho and a banh mi sandwich. To split? No, I think we could each get one. <laughs> I won't tell Mrs. Matthews you said that. Just get soup and a sandwich. Hey, I go to, you're right. I go to Panera. I go to Panera, I get soup and a sandwich. I go to the I think they usually place, give you a cup of soup and half a sandwich, though. Yeah, that's true. I'd, I'd take some of it home. Maybe. Mm -mm. Nah. 
Okay. So yeah. Well, what's been going on? What's been going on? I like. I understand the holidays were good. Nothing necessarily to write home about. You're back to work. That is unfortunate. It is always hard to get back into the grind. But entertainment. I want to hear a little bit about you. You you have a podcast you listen to where their year end show puts our year end show to shame. Yeah. Tell tell us about that. I listen to the Giant Bomb Giant Bombcast. One of the longest-running podcasts in the gaming space. And, uh, yeah, they do a a year-end show, you know, uh, best games, game awards, that sort of thing. And this year, it was uh, five days they released the content over and a total of 25 hours of podcasting. Uh, The first three days, they're basically just chronologically going through the games that were released throughout the year. Um, not that I won't say they go over every release, but they go over all the ones that they have something they want to say something about. And, you know, that alone is good 15 hours of the show. Then they do a day of categories. And then the last day they do a top 10 list. Um, and that top 10 list is ordered and, you know, has to uh, be agreed upon by everyone in the room. And they have like, sure. you know, a good eight people. So it takes a while. <laughs> It's fun. And did you did you listen to all twenty five hours I of it? Did so that's a you know a good chunk of entertainment that I was listening to over the course of my break. Takes a while to get through that, um, but I enjoy it. I still enjoy it. So there, so there are eight people. I'm not sure if that's exactly right. Let me see. Um, there's more than two. There's Jeff, Brad, Vinny, Ben, Dan, Jan, Abby. And Jason. That's eight. Could we do an eight-person podcast? Oh, and Alex. That's nine. Alex. Can't forget about Alex. Nine. What's the most number of people you would be willing to do a podcast with at the same time? Well, um, I think we've done a show with like five or six people before. And it was a lot, but it was manageable. But if we did Bestie Cast... And we got Glenn and the Brandons and Ryan and Jeremy and Nate and Mitchell. And sure, why not? We got Pav in there and Danielle and all the uh, Kev and Bosk. And um, now I'm feeling bad because I know Che. And now I know I'm going to forget somebody. But if we just got a whole bunch of besties together <clears throat> every so often. No, I got I, you I back, know. Ryan. I said Ryan. No, you didn't. I said Check Ryan. Check the tape. Go ahead and check the tape. I know I said Ryan. I was just, I've been DMing with Ryan <coughs> about Jeremy, some draft Jeremy on issues. There. I said Jeremy too. Check the tape. I didn't say Seahawk though. Check. Yeah, well. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that that's just a lot. How do they, because it's not a video podcast, it's an audio podcast. So how often are they just talking over each other? How often Both. is it just four? Actually, four, they do video oh, as a, well. So if you wanted to watch it as a video, you could. So how is how often is it just like four people talking all over each other? Very rarely. They have good they have good etiquette, you know. They're used good to podcasting them. with four or five people on a weekly basis. Um, usually there's a giant bombcast which comes off the West Coast office, and they have a East Coast office as well in New York. And that's another four or so people. And so they're kind of used to the multi-person room. And, you know, getting that many people together, it definitely is more challenging. But they're, they're good at it. You know, they're professionals. So, Well, I don't ever want to feel like I need to. Although Bestie Cast would be fun. But 
I'm glad you enjoyed it. Bestie Bedlam is more like it. Hey. Hashtag Bestie Bedlam. Um, I wish <clears throat> that I could say there were some video games that I was that excited about for 20. Like, I don't know if there is a topic I would want to listen to somebody talk about for 25 hours. Well, again, they're talking about all the different games from the basically the entire year. And there's a lot of different types of first, games. If you had to guess for that first part. Yeah. How many games get covered in the however many hours that first day is? A couple hundred? Well, they go basically it took three days to get through it, so But yeah, but the one day they did a top ten list. I don't know. Which I'm sure they doubled back and talked about games again. Yeah, but it, I will say, and they they've changed the format the last two years to this format that I just described. And one of the reasons why they did change that format is they talk about the games, you know, the first time through. And while they do, you know, have a discussion about, you know, like the order of the top 10 and all that, and there are still arguments to be had, a vast majority of what they have to or want to say comes out in that first part. So by the time you get to the end, there's more shorthand because a lot of that stuff has already been said in a prior conversation. Um, And actually, I think overall it is a smarter way to approach the topics. Although I will say, I think those first three days are a little bit boring um, at times to get through. I I do miss the older style where they just had more categories. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, whatever. It's just personal preference. Do they talk about the wettest video game? They don't. Um, But they were the inspiration for, you know, biggest disappointment and some of the crazier categories that we've had do they have a uh, category where they talk about the best character hair um no but they did have a best style category 27 wise you know in there is that a game no no just best style oh 27 wise in the word style indeed i thought 27 wise was a video game that i just never heard of Eh, that sounds like it could be a good title so does it make you want to go out and get any games? Do you, no, you know, not go really. order some new games? I play the games that I want to play, honestly. Um, and I listen to podcasts, their podcasts, Giant Bombcast, and then the East Coast office, the Giant Beastcast. I listen to their podcasts every week, both of them. So, you know, I'm up to date on what's happening. And uh, Dan, Dan Reichert, I don't know if you're familiar with him at all. Oh, I think I follow. I think I see his name on Twitter quite a bit. You may. Um, he actually just announced after the new year that he's leaving Giant Bomb. Uh, he f- had his last day last Friday, and he just was hired by the WWE. He's going to be managing podcast, their right? podcast in, yeah. uh, endeavors. Dan Reichert's a crazy individual. He's got infinite energy. Um, he's he's very he's a very interesting character, and I, I'm actually surprised by the transition to some extent. I, I I'm. Just, I mean, obviously, I don't know him personally, but it just seems like Giant Bomb was always what he wanted to do, and I think maybe he just ran out of what he wanted to do there, and this is like a new challenge. But I don't know, man. And maybe this is just me talking. I just feel like working for the WWE, it doesn't sound appealing to me at all, but I'm not him, right? So, Mm -hmm. I guess it depends on, you know, I was listening this morning to the latest episode of the New Day podcast. Feel the power, baby. Yeah, he's a good friend with uh, Xavier Woods as well, which is probably how he got in with that particular job. But well, and I'm listening to it. And what's interesting about this podcast is, you know, what they seem to be doing most of the time is they are going through the career of the new day and talking about it, like doing a retrospective. So they just talked about on this episode 
uh, the WrestleMania where they came out of the Budios box. So this is that would be WrestleMania 32, I think, where they came out of the Budios box. And they talk about the year kind of leading up to that and all of this sort of thing. And it's just really interesting to hear <clears throat> the wrestlers themselves talk about how things went and how they felt about it. Turns out none of them really loved their that WrestleMania moment. They liked coming out of the Budios box. And if you remember, that is the WrestleMania where afterwards they were beaten up by Mick Foley and Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels. Um, so they enjoyed that. But the match itself they found was lacking. Um, and so I'm thinking to myself, why aren't they doing this for other wrestlers? Why isn't Dolph Ziggler talking to us about what it was like to be Kerwin White's caddy? And then <clears throat> how did you feel about being part of the spirit squad? And then, you know, cashing in your briefcase and having Rusev throw a fish at you and all of the really high bar moments in that guy's career. And so to, to hear that they're hiring somebody with what sounds like some podcast bona fides. Oh, yeah. Serious. To, yeah. To, you know, I think is great. And that's the that thing that actually that makes me. Thing. That's the thing that makes me most curious about this is. He's definitely got the chops, you know what I mean? In long history, sure. and he was doing great work, and he loved the video game industry. And again, I can understand maybe over time you're less personally fulfilled because you're not challenged anymore. Mm -hmm. But it just seems like going from what was really a surefire thing that he probably could have done for the rest of his life, coasting. And don't get me wrong, like it's cool that the WWE is trying to do this, but I feel like Vince McMahon could wake up tomorrow and be like, What the hell is a podcast? Who said you guys could do this? Hits! Over. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like it could all come crashing down tomorrow and that position wouldn't even exist anymore. But that's just my outsider look at how hectic and chaotic a lot of the production with the WWE seems. But, you know, it's probably more like WWE magazine where there's a good separation from Vince McMahon and it's just its own little unit doing its own little thing and it's under the radar. Right. I, but, you know, it just it just seems like such a strange career move to me. But again, I, I that's that's just me talking out of my butthole with my personal biases, and uh, I'm sure it made sense to him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Well, and the tweet he sent out, I just looked it up from January 3rd. Throughout my life, my two biggest passions have always been video games and wrestling. I was so fortunate to make a living working in one of these industries, and now it's time to try the other. Starting Monday, I'll be producing podcasts both in-house and on the road yeah. for WWE. So he literally <clears throat> is finishing up at Giant Bomb uh, East in New York City on Friday. He was moving on Saturday, presumably to someplace in Connecticut, although I don't know where, and sure. at work in Stamford Monday morning. What a crazy schedule. Hustle. What a crazy... Got to have that hustle. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think like you said, I would like to work for WWE if I was in one of those little pockets that was not necessarily part of the Vince McMahon umbrella. Sure. You know, I've seen uh, Liam Stryker has posted when WWE posts that they're looking for writers and because he had applied at one point and had interviews. And I don't think I'd ever <clears throat> want to be part of the creative team and be a writer for WWE. That just sounds like a migraine a minute. Yeah. But if I could be kind of off on my own and doing these podcasts, because I think, like I said, there's a great opportunity here, both for great audio and also to give some of these, you know, give some podcasts to 
Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Give them a podcast. Let them talk about action figures. Let them talk about whatever. <clears throat> and who knows? Maybe it becomes popular and they're charismatic enough that they actually get more of a push in wrestling because of it. Like you could have a podcast that could carry over to something else on camera for wrestling. That's a surefire way for Vince McMahon to come and shut it all down. Maybe. But yeah, I Maybe. hear you. I but. hear you. And it does seem like they're, you know, diversifying as a company with the WWE Network. They're definitely going out of their way to show more of the behind-the-scenes stuff. So maybe it isn't so outlandish. It just sort of, it just seems like one of those things that seems so unsure from the outside looking in. But, hey, I hope he's fulfilled. It's not like, you have to imagine, it's not like if this doesn't work out. If in 18 months he's either fired from WWE or he chooses to leave WWE, he's going to be able to get back into the video game world, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, that will never necessarily go away. Although, to some extent, I could understand that feeling like a step backwards at that point. I think some people, even when that sort of thing happens, they tend to not want to look back to where they've been. And not to say that he would go back to Giant Bomb, but just video games in general. You know what I mean? I I feel like maybe he'd want to look... Else. But again, I was even surprised that it would turn, when it turned out to be uh, that he was leaving for the WWE because at first he hadn't announced where he was going, just that he was leaving. And I know he's he's also very friendly with a lot of the guys in AEW. So, I mean, that also seemed like that could have been a uh, a location. Uh, he's he's the person main who's been very – well, over the last few years, they do shows at E3 and stuff, and he's been – he gets Xavier Woods there, and he's been pretty good at getting Kenny Omega there, and they do a lot of fun stuff together, the two of them. But they can't ever appear on camera together. It's one of like those yeah. contractual things, and they've been very creative uh, with that stuff. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun I really to watch. Wish, <clears throat> I really wish they would get over that. Yeah. Because you know there, there would be some great opportunities for some cross-branding without necessarily being WWE versus AEW. like There was literally one have- skit where, like, Kenny Omega was, like, falling behind a couch to go off camera as Xavier Woods was making an entrance from the side, like, you know, back and forth. Some good comedy stuff that they've done, you know, with those guys. Uh, it's good. I'm they're sure all they're good making sports, the most of know? it, but, again, you have to imagine there would be some fun to be had with <clears throat> that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to presume... There hasn't been a lot of wrestle watching in your life. Correct me if I'm wrong. What is a wrestle? It's something you used to enjoy uh-huh. and now seemingly no longer do. Yeah. Though the Royal Rumble, just a couple weeks away. Is it? And is there... Brock Lesnar is entering number one. Why? I didn't watch the segment isn't... where Paul Heyman explained isn't it. Isn't he but... the universal champion? Yeah. Okay. Keeps him from having a universal title match, I suppose, and probably will set up whether it's Kane Velasquez or somebody else. Somebody will eliminate him and he'll, you know, they'll have a reason to fight at WrestleMania, I guess. I mean, the way they've been booking Brock Lesnar, I mean, it would be pretty cool if he actually won the damn thing. (laughs) Threw 29 people over the top rope. (laughs) It's just he eliminates somebody like just like that, like just goes and like sits against the ropes for two minutes, somebody else comes in, eliminated, sits against the ropes. And you could see Vince McMahon coming out on Raw or, you know, someone else and just being like, because, you know, Paul Heyman would be gloating about how he doesn't have to have a match at WrestleMania. And they're like, oh, no, you're going to have a match. Like, hell, you're going to have a match. And he'll 
it'll be the Andre the Giant Battle Royal for the Universal title or hey. something, you know, but that doesn't put butts I, in seats, I know, but I definitely think he's going to do that for a while. He is there I feel bad for guys like Mojo and Eric Young and remember Sanity What's funny about that is you could argue that the most successful person from that is not Nikki Cross. Well, I suppose it would be Nikki Cross. But Alexander Wolfe is doing really well in NXT UK. Good. He's he's part of Imperium. And, like, that's a big deal in NXT UK. But, yeah, it would be Nikki Cross, definitely. But I do remember Sanity. I had high hopes. I liked Sanity a lot. And they it just it really seems strange how they fizzled out on the main roster without really ever doing anything. Yeah, I don't think they – it was something that, like, it looked cool in NXT because it's a more intimate setting and the lights, and they were like, oh, yeah, this will work in WWE, and then it didn't. I don't know. I just – I really – it was always my impression they didn't give it a chance because I don't think it's any more outlandish than any of the stuff they're doing with The Fiend. I, like, I feel like it ought to translate, but eh, eh whatever. Whatever. I have been watching some wrestling, though it's something I haven't watched in a very long time. I signed myself up on a whim for New Japan Pro World because I was up early, as I usually am, and uh, watched myself some Wrestle Kingdom. Cool. Not the whole thing, but enough. So I enjoyed Multiple it. Multiple days of the Kingdom of Wrestle. Two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, and then the next show after that, which is New Year's Dash, which is their... Raw after WrestleMania that kicks up, but it's very what's different about it is you know, this is very much like because they don't do shows every single week necessarily. At New Year's Dash, you were like, Oh, this is who everybody's gonna fight next. No, like you know, long, prolonged story. It's and this even happened at Wrestle Kingdom. John Moxley defends his United States title, and Minoru Suzuki comes out immediately afterwards, and you're like, Okay, that's what's next, those two are gonna fight. That's cool. So, but yes, I enjoyed it. I'm trying to watch some of the older stuff because that's how I roll is trying to watch. Now, granted, the original Wrestle Kingdom, the first Wrestle Kingdom is only from 2007. So I watched, you would like this, um, a, tr- a six-man tag in which one of the teams was Bull Buchanan, Tomko, and D'Lo Brown. Great, great, great. Then in the next match among the people in it was uh, Albert. And uh, Rosie, not dressed as a superhero, unfortunately. Good times. I enjoyed it. It's 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 been fun. So I don't necessarily think it's your cup of tea, especially when you get to the older stuff where there's no English commentary, so it's just all Japanese. My wife's walking by, looking at me like I'm crazy because she's like, "Do you understand anything with that's because happening?" Because like, you really. are Japanese, crazy. But, hey, whatever. Again, you don't... I I actually agree with you. I personally don't like watching it without English commentary, but you don't need that to understand the language of wrestling. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I appreciate the matches. I watched one with a very, very young Shinsuke Nakamura before being the king of strong style. He was just basically a guy. But... Skinny dude. He was, you know, he looked in pretty good shape, but it was just he didn't have the look that you would expect. You know, Shinsuke in New Japan near the end of his career looks similar yeah. to what he is now. A lot of that, um, that same physical charisma 
yeah, yeah. not no. He's much more like almost like an MMA fighter, like just comes out serious, no nonsense. Okay. All right. But, but yes. So giving them a shout out. I probably could have saved that for my piece of positivity, but I got another one. Uh, shall we get to the emails or is there anything else you'd like to discuss? I think we can get to the mails of E. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com. It's been a while since we've done this. So uh, our first email is all the way back from December 18th. I don't even know. We should read it and decide whether or not we should. Because it's from Danielle and it's called Holiday Cheers. Hello. So when are you guys going to record for the DDT Rewards Show? A couple weeks ago. That's coming up pretty soonish. And I was wondering what categories or categories for Sound Scary will be at this year's festivities. Danielle, I love you, but if you had been listening, you knew we weren't going to do any categories. We we did the greatest champions of the 2010s. Anyway, here's another question for this week. What's the one song you've had an emotional response to? Wishing you both a happy holiday season. Winter break is here for the next couple of weeks. Holiday cheers. Danielle. Hmm. You seem like a very emotional guy, Doc Manson. What song tugs at your heartstrings? Um, what's the name of that song? Uh, last kiss pearl jam i don't know if i've ever heard it no is that the where oh where will my baby be song yes oh that was pearl jam yeah i think i think there's an earlier version but the version that was popular when we were in college was pearl jam yes i've heard that song probably a hundred times had no idea it was pearl jam yeah um and let me think She's gone to heaven, so I got to be good. Yep, that's the one. It's a good song. And probably something like Circle, a Harry Chapin. I'll go with Circle. I had a feel. I had a feeling his name was. Yeah, pop up. a lot of his songs hit me in the feels. Mr. Tanner, um, Taxi, um, W O L D, for sure. Uh, I want to learn a love song. Yeah, I'm just a. I'm a big sap apparently when it comes to music. The uh, the luckiest by Ben Folds, that gets me. Okay. Um, a more recent one, Ben Platt, uh, has a song "Grow as We Go," which is a good one. The video is even better. Um, yeah, those are the two that pop right off the top of the head. All right. And that's just you know that's the sad emotion. I'm sure there's songs that make me joyous and. Oh yeah, Ode to Joy. You can't hear Ode to Joy and not da, 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 You can't you can't hear that song and not feel the breeze running through your hair just as it ran through the hair of Hans Gruber as the vault is opening in Die Hard. See, and you thought you went to Die Hard and I went to I wonder how Peter Griffin would sound doing that. I, I bet that was in Family Guy. Peter Griffin had to have done Ode to Joy at some point. Uh, Danielle sent another email uh, on New Year's Eve this time, years and decades. Hello, wishing you all a happy new year as this is the last email of the year. I got to listen to the year-end episode while baking cookies today and twas a blast. Here's three questions. One, best or worst advice someone's given you. Uh, worst? Hey, let's start a podcast. Two, if you could redesign three wrestling t-shirts, which would you redesign? It could be from any era of wrestling. I like how you just slipped that in there. Three. Hey, fuck. <laughs> Favorite movie soundtrack. Holiday cheers, Danielle. Uh, I remember back in the days of CDs or maybe even cassettes, I had like the Rocky 
soundtrack, but it was from like all the movies. It wasn't just mm. the first one. I remember listening to that a lot. Yeah, so movie soundtracks. And like I'm not a big soundtrack person. Yeah, well, I mean I listened to soundtracks a lot as a kid. So I might say like Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters sure. was a good soundtrack, actually. Um, Cleaning Up the Town is a fantastic song. Doesn't get nearly enough credit, um, obviously, because of you know, the Ray Parker uh, uh, Ghostbusters theme. But Cleaning Up the Town is also very, very good. Um, and there's a lot of other good songs uh, on that record. And from Ghostbusters 2, you know, uh, the Run DMC version... They, they, it's a completely different song, but they have a theme song, Ghostbusters 2 from Run DMC, and that song is wonderful as well. So, I, look at you with your eclectic taste in music: Harry Chapin, Pearl Jam, Run DMC. Run DMC is awesome, man. Oh, they don't, I don't think they get nearly enough credit. I didn't listen to a lot of music as a kid, apparently, because I'm like, you were like Pearl Jam. I'm like, I couldn't name you one Pearl Jam song. Oh, now I, can. I mean, that's the one but, I can name. So. Okay. Shiny, um, happy people. That's Aria. I was going to say, I know that song. <laughs> uh, best or worst advice someone's ever given you? Hey, I've got, I can do one better. I can give you something that is both the best and worst advice I've ever received. And it's the same sentence. Okay. You should stay and do your PhD. Best and worst? Best and worst. I don't regret doing the PhD necessarily, but holy hell, do I not know if I would do it again? If you if you knew you were going to do your if you go back in time, <clears throat> you're going to do your PhD, but you can't do it where you did it. Great. Ideally, where would you have liked to go? Well, do I still have to do it at the same institution or no? Oh, no, you can't do it at the same institution. You have to go somewhere. Else. I, I you assume you meant like different a different universe. lab or something. Um, no, 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 no. Different university. You have to go to a different place, different state even. You can't stay in the state you state you got your degree in. I would probably go somewhere near Boston. <coughs> There's a lot of, you know, biotech sort of schools there. A lot of biotech companies sure. would have been a very, you know, advantageous platform to be on trying to go into this particular field as well, you know? Probably would have a much very, I would probably have a very different career if I had been in such an op, it's such a place where different opportunities were available to me, so. But hey, I probably wouldn't have sense. ended up with Mrs. Manson in that case, so, you know. Uh, you would have both been in the Boston area at some point. You might have found each other. Maybe. Uh, the best advice I've ever received that I can think of comes from a, a coworker, and when we were getting married, we had a a shower at my school and all of the teachers wrote little pieces of advice and they made a book out of it. And the teacher I'm thinking of was like, your relationship between you and your wife is your deal. No one has to understand your deal except the two of you. It is your deal. Oh, I understand your <clears throat> deal. And so that whole concept um, has really stuck with the both of us this whole time because we, we use that term the whole idea of you know their deal and our deal and all of that all the time so i really enjoyed that because that helps me kind of <clears throat> even with you know trying to you know we've been together for a while now and we're coming up not this year but next year we'll be hitting 10 years of being married and a lot of that is you have to figure out all right this is our deal and if it seems a little strange that's okay 
I can't think of the worst advice. I don't remember ever getting ridiculously bad advice. No, not once. Are you thinking of something specific that I should be remembering? Or? No, just trying to prompt you. Oh. I don't know your life, man. I don't know your deal. No, I can't think of anything. I'll, I'll keep pondering it, but I can't think of anything that was like, you know, and a part of it is probably because when you get advice that's you know is incredibly bad. How about this? If I quote, know it's incredibly bad advice. Quote, we should move in together. End quote. I think that was inc- – <clears throat> it wasn't advice necessarily, but that is one of the decisions I'm grateful I made. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Oh, come on. This would not have this, – this whole thing, the last few years and all of that, 200 episodes, would not have existed if you were with Tall Guy and I had tried to live with the Puppet Man or vice versa. I would have like, ended up with the Puppet Man, just to be clear. Uh, probably. I definitely <laughs> would have ended up with the Puppet Man. So I have no regrets. Sorry, Puppet yeah, Man. No, no. He never listens. You saved me. But, but I am very sure that probably some of the worst advice I've ever gotten that I've now forgotten oh. came from came from Tall Yeah. <laughs> I don't listen to anything he says. Uh he tried to convince me at one point at a Denny's at like two in the morning. Um that one of his ex-girlfriends would be perfect for me because, you know, I was not the most experienced romantic. And he was like, she would be great to kind of help you fig- like get your, you know, get yourself some, some experience. And I think the two of you would really get along. Have you ever had a prostate massage, DC? Because I'm telling you, this girl, fantastic. She'll really help you figure it out. Please tell me he told that no. to you. <laughs> but I can imagine him saying that to you in a Denny's over a cup of coffee, which you don't drink at four in the morning. <clears throat> no. Over over a moon's over my hammy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and interestingly enough, he went on to marry a girl with the same name. Because you, you would probably know this person, right? From my high school? I think so. I yeah. met that girl last week. I was in the Starbucks on campus. I was working on a script for Horrid. I was just sitting there, and I was sitting at the table next to the creamers. And she comes up there, and she just I, – like somebody was there. I wasn't paying attention. I was just typing. And I just hear my name quietly, <laughs> and I just look over, and I was like, huh? And they you know, said my name again, and I was like, yeah? I had – I do. I do suffer from a sort of mild face blindness. I, I've sure. noted when I when I don't know somebody very well. I have to introduce myself to you all I, the time. <laughs> well, when I when, especially when I see people outside of the context in which I know them, if I don't know them well, I, I I don't recognize faces. And it's been so long since I've seen this person. And you know, we're older certainly, and you know, uh, things have changed for all of us. Uh, I. I did not recognize there was zero recollection. I I would could not tell you I had ever seen this person before in my life. And they could tell that I was obviously confused and they told me their name. And I said, oh, of course, I remember you. And we had a nice pleasantries exchange that lasted entirely too long for my liking. 
<laughs> I hated this person in high school, and I never liked her. So, uh, but you know, bygones be bygones. It's years later, whatever. But pleasant pleasantries were exchanged, and she went on her sure. merry way. That's funny. You should bring her up. That's funny, huh? I have, I think, the opposite problem. I recognize people all the time, and I'm constantly like scanning crowds, being like, "Do I know anyone?" Oh, like trying. The to- weekend before that, I went to a Five Guys <laughs> in the town next to where my my parents live, and we were in there. We were just getting some burgers quick. We sat down at a table, and I was doing that. I was scanning around the room, and I see a guy sitting at a table way on the other side of the room, and I see him start to scan. He clearly is turning and he looks at me and it takes me a minute and I realize, yes, I went to high school with that person and I quickly look away because I don't want to make eye contact because I don't actually want to acknowledge their existence because I don't want to say hello to them. But that's exactly it. Like, And and my wife gives me grief for this all the time because she's like, you don't work for the CIA. You don't need to know who everybody is. And I'm like, I want to be prepared for every eventuality because I hate those situations that you were just in where you're approached by somebody and you have to like quickly, frantically try to remember who is this person. I, I wasn't so I embarrassed. Remember- I mean, and you know, it's <clears throat> winter. They were bundled up. They had a hat on. I couldn't see the hair. I do honestly think if the hair had been visible, that would have helped me. But like it was just sure. completely non-visible. So I'm just based off of the facial structure of somebody who, no offense, has gained some weight over the last 20 years and has aged. It's not it's not the same. I believe she has children. Yeah. So, like, you know, 20 years have passed. And of course, life happens. Um, So I don't feel badly that I don't recognize her, but I didn't. I remember being at a party in college and being introduced to somebody like somebody I didn't know. And it was a girl. And I remember being, and I, she like introduced me and I was like, oh yeah, I think we were in, and I like named a class and she was like, yeah, probably. And I was like, I also like, and I like named like three times where I've come across this person in life, but not like we ever chatted, but just, I remember seeing you in all of these yeah, different see, that's situations. That's the sort of information that you don't want to share with somebody. Especially I didn't realize if you don't that, know them very well. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Until after I mentioned all the connections and the look on her face yeah. was like, okay, well, good to meet. And like, And I was just like, no, I'm sorry. That probably sounded uh-huh. really creepy. And to her credit, she was like, yeah, it did. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, all right. <clears throat> I wish somebody had given me the advice of you don't need to explain how you know. Like <laughs> Some of that stuff you just keep to yourself, DC. <laughs> yeah, we took this class together. And I remember seeing you at the bookstore. And you ate Fruit Loops for breakfast. And I watched. And then I sniffed the Fruit Loop bowl when you were done. I grabbed it off the tray return. And I licked the spoon that had been in your mouth just moments before. Hey, nice to meet you. Um, I don't know that I would redesign any t-shirts. There's been some bad ones, but I don't. I, I still submit. I want shirts that I can customize everything. There you go. All right. Uh, Pav, wherever he is, Pav, hope you're happy. Hey, guys. I hope yourselves, Mrs. Manson, Mrs. Matthews, and Oscar had a great festive period and have some great goals for the new year. Happy New Year's to yourselves and everyone in the DDT Bestie and Guillotine Chat. This is an old uh, – that that's not the name. No, right? it's no longer the Guillotine Chat. It only existed as the Guillotine Chat for – oh – 10 minutes before every single person in the chat told him this is the worst name in existence and forced him to change it back. And, and now, now, DC, do you want to know what the name of that chat is? Because it's, it's no longer the Find Your Happy chat. What is it called now? Well, I just call it the focus group. What are you focusing on? Oh, you know, 
My genitals. Yours specifically? Well, everyone's own. Just focus on your own genitals. I I will admit, I knew this beforehand, and I did say, (laughs) and I'll repeat, if you are focusing on your genitals, you will find you're happy. Eventually. Eventually. Um, Please don't take the bold paragraph seriously, and only with the humor it is intended to be. Oh, dear God. In the spirit of the DDT Awards, which I miss so much, I decided to create my own award to plug the annual festive void in my life. The award for most listened to email, huh? What does that even mean? Episode 68 of DDT, entitled Braun, is the highest listened to episode in DDT history. So I took a listen to it recently, and there's only one email on it. Mine! It was about whether Kevin Owens could be taken seriously as a monster after his friendship stuff with Chris Jericho, which makes my email the most listened to email in DDT history. This was a time where we struggled for emails, including for the entire August 2016. I was the only emailer when Doc said we only have one fan. I am proud to say that is certainly not the case, and I love the community we have built. Even you, Brandon Advocate Banks. Poor guy just wants the list back. You may continue. I propose January as month of Baker's Dozen. Let's try and get a Baker's Dozen of emails for an entire month. DDT has made it to the next decade, unlike a lot of wrestling podcasts. Let's keep shining. Well, we fail. <laughs> well, we do have, uh, what, eight, six here? Eight? I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll get 13 in the a month. A Baker's Dozen! <laughs> On to the topic. DC, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, is the person who coined the term Wrestle Silly. Sure. Now, that was me. We'll I'm 100% that. sure that Doc deserves praise and credit for Wrestle Silly. 100% sure. I'd like to say that if you go on YouTube this evening and watch uh, NWA Power, Glenn, plug your ears if you haven't caught up. Spoilers in five, four, I'm not kidding, Glenn, three, two, one. Your favorite mathematician is on that show. He's 30% sure that the 40% of the 50%. <laughs> And your 10th round DDT bestie draft pick. (laughs) So if you want more Big Papa Pump in your life, watch NWA because he's he's it's not a one time thing. He's around. Is he still pumping? (laughs) Oh, he I think he has American flags tattooed on his biceps. Thank God. (laughs) Oh, thank God. Uh, So whoever coined it, if the boogeyman wasn't wrestle silly, would he have lasted longer? Think about it. The Fiend has a lot of similar horror tropes and is a universal champion. How could WWQE have made the Boogeyman more gruesome and fearsome to have him be among the main event? We don't have PG. We didn't have PG parameters and he was clearly over. He even headlined the Royal Rumble with JBL. Best wishes. Pav at brand split cop. Ah, maybe he's just moving to that. He said he's going to be checking in with that one over the next little while. From time to time. Fun fact. If you cut down a cactus in Arizona, you could face 25 years in jail. It is similar to cutting a protected tree species. Um, I don't think the boogeyman could have ever been a main eventer, despite the fact that maybe he had a title match with JBL or something. Yeah, like an interesting that. look. It was cool that he legitimately didn't have those teeth. It was pretty gruesome that he, you know, sucked on those worms and spit those out and chewed them up and all that. But... But that was part of the Russell Silly thing. Right. Well, I, I do think there's a way to do that exact same thing, but in a far more serious manner that would just be gross and gruesome. Yeah. But I don't know that that really would translate the way The Fiend is translating. If they had taken that character, if the Boogeyman didn't exist in WWE 
and they had created that exact character in Lucha Underground, might have worked. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Lucha Underground is the proper place for that. Something more produced. Yeah. All right. Danielle, with the third email, happy new year, besties. That's a long one. Hello. Hi. Hope you're all doing well. The new year is well underway, and I've been doing all right on resetting and returning to a normal schedule. Read something yesterday about how our brains can only handle so much in a day. For example, decision fatigue. Thank goodness I should be done with my U.S. history course tomorrow, and then a small break before resuming school. Next week, the spring semester starts, and I'll be taking three courses, totaling to 11 hours. Spanish night classes on Mondays and Wednesdays as a five-hour course. Creative writing part one on Tuesday, Thursday, three-hour course. And literary cultural analysis on Monday, Wednesdays, three-hour course. Which means no classes on Fridays. Yay. Today we return to teaching and we are slowly returning to a normal schedule to not overwhelm some kids who are already done with having to already get used to a normal school schedule. As one kid told me today, I was so sad because all I want to do is sleep. Sigh. Me too, sometimes. Here's a question from the little index card for this week. Which WWE storyline would you change? They can be from the past, present, or future. I'm changing the future. (laughs) I think that's all I've got for this week's emails. Cheers, Danielle. Danielle, we adore you. Thank you for being such a regular emailer. Hmm. Storyline change. Instead of having Vince McMahon revealed as the higher power, it would have been Garfield. (laughs) Garfield. Oh, yeah. Like a a guy in a Garfield costume or a cartoon, and they would have CGI'd it. Either. Hmm. Um, Honestly, I wish RoboCop could have been more of a wrestling presence throughout WCW. I know this question is asking about the WWE. So if he had been able to jump promotions and been if his contract could have been picked up on you know raw i would have liked to have seen robocop do more between the ropes of the squared circle sure that's for sure um the the easy one is the invasion of wwe by wcw and ecw it was it was not nearly as good as it could have been and so i would love to redo that though i also have no interest of redoing it myself. You got to have all the players. You got to have Sting. You got to have Goldberg. You got to have everybody right away and make you it. You know, one of the other things, too, to... uh, along those same lines, sort of, because first I was thinking about the Nexus and how they had that one really cool moment with John Cena. Sure. And then that kind of just sure. sputtered out and didn't go anywhere. But then that actually made me think of the Shield. When you think about it, after the Shield broke up, they kept trying to somehow work their way back around to the three of those guys being in a program together where they would be all against each other. And every single time something happened, someone got injured, someone got dinged for something else. Yeah, suspended. Right, like that that never really happened the way that it really should have. Yeah. That's too bad. The sh- a Shield triple threat should have main evented WrestleMania and never did. Yeah, so I think that's actually a... Uh, that's a, a good, good one, one too. Yeah, that's a good one too. The the, the key to the invasion um, is, and I know people have talked about this before, but WCW and ECW had to win for like a year. Yeah, they did, and they that was never going to happen. No, no. Uh, Mitchell Monroe emails titled Nigeria. So, since moving to a larger city, I suddenly have more immediate access to more unique restaurants, though they were only an hour away before. 
As such, while we haven't gone crazy, we have checked out a few new places, including a Nigerian restaurant. I didn't even realize there was such a thing, at least not outside of larger cities like New York City or Los Angeles. It was pretty good. I had some slow roasted goat covered in some sort of tomato sauce. Plantains that were mashed up with something? I forget what. And I believe it was rice? In that spirit... It's a memorable meal. I oh, could, yeah. yeah. I could tell it was a memorable meal. I had something and maybe something else, and then I think something I'm pretty else. sure there was rice. Uh, in that spirit, what are some of the more unique or less common food joints or even just ethnic cuisine that you've taken part in, and how was it? Pho and amazing. Yeah, it's real good. Um... I never tried it, but I had a lab mate who was from Kenya, and he described a very traditional meal. It was sort of like a cast iron cooked cornbread, except like just cornmeal is the way he described it. Like very flat, um, not rising at all, like you would think. And they said that's a very, very common dish that they would actually eat back in Kenya. I always sort of wondered what exactly that was and what that was like. But uh, again, mm -hmm. I've never actually tried it. I just remember the description. There is a restaurant on Cape Cod that is uh, supposedly an African restaurant. And I've always wanted to go and we never have. But someday I'd like to go because there have some very interesting dishes that I would like to try. Uh, the next question, the last two questions, I believe, are just for you. So do you want me to like sign off and well, you know, you let you to me. just have a little doc talk? All right. Glenn, Wrestling 2020. Evening, guys. A question for Doc. What, if anything, would be the catalyst to get you watching wrestling again? Not specifically WWE or AEW, but any televised wrestling. Thanks, as usual, Glenn. I will let Doc answer while I use the restroom. That's not going to be a very long answer, I'm afraid. God damn it. Yeah, because uh, we've already mentioned it on the show. If anything is going to do it, it's just probably the Royal Rumble. Not Scott Steiner? Mm, probably not. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, the Royal Rumble, I, I didn't think of that, but that makes sense. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, how does it feel? How, the, the rumor is 10 guys from Raw, 10 guys from SmackDown, 10 guys from NXT. How does that hit you? Fine. Not knowing really anything about who's on any of those shows at this point. Okay. Sure, why not? NXT probably wins, right? But maybe not. All right. The final email from Jeremy. Thank you, Glenn, for the last one. Wrestling Twitter was abuzz this week with the news that Brock Lesnar will enter the Royal Rumble in the number one position. If Doc had the pencil, how would Doc book the beast in the Royal Rumble? I think you already I answered sure that. sure did. He'd win the damn thing. For the sake of this thought experiment, I would ask that any personal feelings about Lesnar be set aside. Doing what is strictly best for business, how would Doc book the reigning, defending, <laughs> undisputed Universal Champion from the number one position? Yeah. He win. He wins. Easily. It's the most boring Royal Rumble Correct. ever. <laughs> sorry. Man, that was lackluster. I'm sorry that you couldn't go to the bathroom. <laughs> 30. <laughs> no, nah, Jeremy. 30 it was a good German question. Suplexes. I just, I. 30, yeah, 30 German suplexes, 30 F5s, 30 eliminations. Done. Like 29, technically. Uh, piece of positivity. Yes, I have a piece of positivity prepared because I know that this is something that happens at the end of <laughs> each and every, every episode. And I always am prepared for that eventuality because why don't you go first, DC? Uh, oh, you don't have one. Uh, um, 
my wife got inspiration to start looking up some slow cooker recipes because we're always looking for slow cooker meals, which will make our life much easier because we don't have to cook. And this Sunday, she created uh, mozzarella stuffed chicken meatballs in a red wine tomato sauce that were quite good. And then she made an orange chicken, not fried, just, you know, chicken in a crock pot with an orange sauce. And it was as good, if not better, than any orange chicken I've had anywhere else. Mm. And then last night, I helped this time, and we made a beef and broccoli that was, I, I called it meat candy. Like, I just stood over the open crock pot just eating the meat. And she had to, like, be like, stop. We want this for food later in the week and, you know, for lunches and things. And I was like, but it's so good. It's just, so like, homemade sauce, not like a... You know, beef and broccoli sauce, beef broth, soy sauce, sesame oil. Like, dude, I haven't had dinner yet, oddly enough. I usually eat quite early. I'm going to go have a bowl of that as soon as this podcast is over. Very so, nice. Um, It's been amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I guess my piece of positivity for the week. It should be that Glenn traded you Oscar for Ricochet I was actually going to say the draft. It's fun. It's uh, fun to be involved and to try to screw yay. with people. Uh, as we were leaving, I know you said, I think, in the chat or on Twitter or something that, you know, you lost a bet, which is how you had to go back into the uh, best chat. totally what happened. I, uh, we, we must remember it differently. I don't know what's true, but I remember as we left, one of the last things you said is you – you know, got into your car full of fun. That was it. You should blame the delirium <laughs> from too much fun. Is you looked at me and you were like, hey, send me another invite to the bestie chat. And I was like, I will. You got it right away. <laughs> I think I had that invite before you even started your car. Oh, yeah. No, that was the first thing I did. I got in the car. I added you. And then I left. Very nice. Very so, nice. Yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you're in there. I'm glad you're having fun. I think I just think it's great fun. that I asked to go back to this group. That I left because the first 24 or 48 hours I was in it was nothing but wrestling, <laughs> wrestling. bullcrap. And mm. the first thing that we're doing in here is a draft. To be fair, we're talking about other things. And too. to be fair, I guess Maybe. I'm participating. Although I got to say, Mitchell Monroe's got the right idea. He He's just uh, he's just a voyeur. Somebody called him the Wrestle Draft voyeur. That might have been Jeremy. Yeah. Just watch. Danny's the same way, the Lord Halloween. And, you know, being able to just interject his little comments on everybody's pick. Like, I'm a little jealous. That's sort of the way I'd like to be participating in this draft. Well, to be yeah. fair, to be fair, at any point you can be like, and I'm out. And also, I have a feeling this is not going to be the only draft because Jeremy and Brandon Banks and I keep shooting ideas back and forth. We had an at idea. At some point, you isn't everybody in that. this chat that's not drafting just going to leave? I hope not. But who knows? Uh-huh. This might be the end of the bestie chat. I may kill it with my love for drafts. Maybe. But we had an idea for a, a kayfabe draft where you create your own characters. You guys, you guys need help. <laughs> we do. We do. But until we get that help, we're going to keep on finding our happy and focusing on the draft. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say the other thing. We focus on the other thing, too. That should be the title of this episode. Focus. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us. I have no earthly idea what episode this is. Could, do we count? Does the year-end award show count as an episode? I usually count them as bonuses. All right. 
I think we're at 205 then, 205, 206. I'm 205 really Live? Um, ooh, 205 Live. Haven't watched that show in a while Is that either. still a show? Because if it wasn't, I would I believe Kind you. of, but the roster is like five people. It's like the Singh Brothers and Tony Nese and Jack Gallagher, and that's it. Poor Jack Gallagher. I like that guy. I know. I keep, I keep hoping he just shows, go to the NXT UK. Yeah. Like, it makes total, just go stay there. But anyways, thank you for joining us on another fun-filled episode, the first of 2020. Do we start in 2014? I think 15, but yeah, 15. Well, either way, so 15, 16, 17. This is our sixth year. I've had there's been a podcast in six years in a row from the DDT folk. Happy to be here. Uh, Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts right in the air, send us an email at podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to our back catalog at ddtpod.com or at your podcast repository of choice. And for go, finally, if you like what you heard and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to send just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. We would greatly appreciate it. We love that you guys love that what we do. And we also love your money. So give it to us. Please. Please. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, hope your 2020 continues to be all that it can be. Won't you be our besties?